A piece of homework that should be constant throughout the year is your grain marketing plan. You should have it to start each year, keep it somewhere where you can easily review it, and know that your goals may need to change pending any market conditions. You're also going to want to review that plan frequently. That should help with a better execution of your plan. Welcome to In the Driver's Seat, a podcast on managing financial risk in your grain operation, brought to you by ABM. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of In the Driver's Seat, podcast number 46. And the topic for today's podcast are the four H's, which I kind of like because every time I see something somewhere where it's a short list, it's easy for me to just say, okay, I want to go check that out, see what that is. It's not going to take all day, a little bit of my time. So, Today is the four H's of harvest, and the items we're going to talk about are homework, highs, hiccups, and ha-has. I hope you enjoy it. I'm looking forward to it. So with that, Emily and Shelby are here again today as co-hosts. So Shelby, Emily, take it away. So Doug, we wanted to have a little bit more fun with this one. So we have some kiddish riddles for you to solve if you're ready. The first one is what did the corn farmer say after he had a particularly good harvest? Any guesses? What did the corn farmer say after he had a particularly good harvest? Yes. It was a Ben Buster. Is that right? Oh, that'd be a good one. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not right. Oh. But that was a good one. Do I get to find out the right answers? I will give him the answer. There's polenta more where that came from. Oh, I wonder how many of our listeners know what polenta is. I I do know what polenta is, and it's basically the same as grits. So I get the reference, and that's a good one. These are like dad jokes for corn harvest is what I'm picking up here. <laughs> yes. All right, next one. What did the baby corn ask the mother corn when he wanted to play with his dad? I'm supposed to give rapid responses, but uh, yes, I'll take the hint. Technically, you eat this, like during a movie. Oh, can I play with popcorn? Yes. Mom, where is popcorn? Because he wanted to play whatever with his dad. Good job. Okay. I have to ask one more. I think you'll get this one, Doug. This one's easy. Why wouldn't a farmer laugh at any of these jokes? Why wouldn't a farmer laugh at any of these jokes? I would say because the jokes are too corny. Yes. Look at you. (laughs) Nice. All right. Thank you, Emily and Shelby, for the farming dad joke ambush. Hopefully some of our listeners get um, some enjoyment out of this. And maybe it can relate to one of the four H's in the ha-ha's category. I don't know if that's what your plan is. But, hey, I know we have a special guest today. And we're going to talk about the serious topics of harvest and get some perspective from our guest who not only is an employee of ADM and involved in helping farmers market grain, but also involved in a farming operation of her own. We're going to cover the four H's. You mentioned them earlier, Doug, the homework, highs, hiccups, and ha-has. Maybe it's not the 4-H that you're thinking of, so head, heart, hands, and health. We do love 4-H and everything about 
4-H and helping farm kids learn new skills and how to become leaders. But there are a lot of us ADMers who did grow up in 4-H. We continue to be involved in some way or another. And so Emily is going to introduce our guest and we'll get started on these H's. Awesome. Thanks, Shelby. So yes, we have Callie Shady here with us today. And Callie, you're from South Dakota. Did I get that right? I'm living in South Dakota. I'm originally from Nebraska. I'm never going to let that one go. So (laughs) Very important to make sure that we say that correctly. Nebraskan at heart. (laughs) Wait, we're in Nebraska. I'm from South Central Nebraska. So if you know where North Platte is. Oh, yes. 45 minutes southeast of North Platte. You are very close to the hottest part of Nebraska. What is the name of that town? McCook. McCook. If it is hot anywhere, it is hotter in McCook, so I can relate. So, okay, good. Uh, I didn't know what town you were from, so that's good to know. Yep. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. So, what was your involvement in ag while you were growing up? How did you get into a position like you're in right now? Just share with the listeners a little bit about your background and how you got to this point in your career. Yep. So like I said, grew up in South Central Nebraska, very rural town. My dad was actually a truck driver. My mom worked in town, but we were involved in 4-H, what, since you first could when you turned eight years old. I showed pigs, cattle, did baking, photography, sewing. Photography and sewing were not my strong points, let's just say that. (laughs) But Grew up in that. And then as I got older, I was involved in FFA in high school, was actually lucky enough to compete at the national competition for FFA, which opened a lot of doors for me. So FFA 4-H definitely got me interested in the agricultural world. I went to college at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. I ended up as an ag economics major where ADM happened to be involved with the campus there. So I kind of got introduced to ADM there, went to a career fair, talked to more ADM people. And before I knew it, I had a job. And after I took that job, they called me and said, we're sending you to South Dakota. And I was like, where in the heck in South Dakota am I going? But I've been here ever since 2013 and things are going well. But for people, you know, maybe from the Eastern Corn Belt or whatever, I mean, South Dakota is a long ways away, but I've been in South Dakota. I've lived there. It's an awesome state. And I mean this sincerely. The people in South Dakota are awesome. Even then, when you didn't know where you were going, you probably had a pretty good feel for what kind of a state South Dakota was and such. And I assume since you've been there for 13 years, you've grown to love it and enjoyed your time there? Yeah, it's been really good. I'm from a very small community. So moving up to a small community didn't intimidate me or anything like that. I was very shocked when I did come here, though. As I was like going around town and like seeing people, they would look at me and get this look on their face. They'll be like, you're the new girl at AEM, aren't you? I was like, yeah. (laughs) So everybody knew I was coming long before I got here. (laughs) Definitely a great place to be. That's awesome. I can relate to a lot of that. What's maybe the most significant change you've seen, felt, or heard in ag, whether it's related to something specific to your region in terms of crop rotations or maybe a more general one, anything that kind of stands out to you? then your tenure there has really changed a lot. So while you're thinking, let me give you some ideas. I don't know that these are or are, but like it seems to me like they grow a lot more corn in um, South Dakota now than they used to. Maybe that's not true for your area. 
Maybe you were on the heels of the ethanol boom or experienced some of that. Sometimes if I remember back to different locations, like I was in Hills, Minnesota in 1997, and I happen to remember the yield expectations of that area were like 130 bushels an acre. If you grew 130 bushels an acre, if you could gross $300 an acre, you were making money. And I think about that sometimes when we're in an environment where now if you're not grossing 800 to 1,000, you're probably losing money. The changeover on crops actually happened before I came into the territory. When I first arrived, we were taking wheat at our facility, but wheat has become basically a crop that you can't really plant for a profit around here anymore. Honestly, the rotation is mostly corn and soybeans. But way back in the day, like when my in-laws first got married, they only grew wheat around here. Harvest was done come like 1st of September. So that's why their anniversary happens to be in September, because harvest was done by then. Was that, do you think, more of a function of the corn genetics have gotten so much better, or has the climate changed and shoved wheat out and corn in? Do you have an opinion on that? I think it's been a bit of a climate change, definitely receiving a lot more rain around here than they used to, just from talking from people who've been around here for decades now. So definitely a weather change, a lot more rain than they used to have. So that's why you see a lot more corn and soybeans. It was super nice to learn more about Callie. I think it's time to get into the meat of the program. And I think Shelby has the first questions for Callie. So Shelby, take it away. Yep, Callie, I hope this is an easy question for you. So, you know, there's a lot of prep work and a lot of tasks that need to be done before harvest. And some we can tackle before harvest, some you kind of do all year long. But do you have a running checklist or do you have any sort of guidance for other producers on what that homework would be? And I'm doing air quotes every time I say homework because, yeah, homework is not fun, but it's stuff you just have to get done. A piece of homework that should be constant throughout the year is your grain marketing plan. You should have it to start each year, keep it somewhere where you can easily review it, and know that your goals may need to change pending any market conditions. You're also going to want to review that plan frequently. That should help with a better execution of your plan. I would say if you have a grain merchant you're comfortable with, definitely discuss your plan with them and let them know your goals. They can help you to find the right tools to execute your plan and help give you perspective if your price goals are reasonable or not. On that note, if you think you're going to have bushels that you need to find a home for as we're coming into harvest here, aka those bushels that are beyond your contracts and storage capacity, now's the time to reach out to your grain merchandiser and try to figure out a plan. The plan's probably going to look different every year depending on market conditions. Could be a combination of contracts or storage, but definitely reach out to them because that's what they're there for. Hey, Kelly, a quick question for you. When you say marketing plan, how complicated or how simple does a plan have to be? It doesn't have to be super complicated. Keep it simple. Have an idea of bushels, what you think you're going to grow. Know what your insurance guarantees are, so maybe what you can sell up to for comfort levels. And then you really honestly need to know your break-evens. That's going to be the biggest part of your grain marketing plan is knowing what your break-evens are. So if you know what that is and you know what the price of grain is, then you know if you're making money or not. If you're making money, you're going to be farming next year, which is the goal for everybody. Okay, good tips. I have one more I'm going to add. Nobody asked me to, but I'm going to add. I just think this is kind of humorous. I won't use names or uh, locations, but this one ties to the homework. There were a couple old bachelor brothers in this one area I was in, and anyway, Harvest came along one year, and they went to fill one of their bins, 
And one of the brothers crawled up there. It was a bean bin. One of the brothers called up there and yelled down to the other one, hey, this one's still full. So <laughs> it always made me chuckle because I knew who they were. So, hey, if you're not sure, go up there, pop the lid, make sure that the bins you're planning to fill aren't still full. Hopefully somebody gets a chuckle out of that. So I'll jump right into the next one here too then. We're going to talk about highs. So what part of the harvesting process, whether it's in your professional job or your personal life, have been the most fun or energizing? And how can we help people recognize that so they can really enjoy harvest? Honestly, the most energizing part of harvest is probably when it's over. <laughs> Coming into harvest, there's definitely a lot of stress and just knowing you've got a busy season ahead. But at the same time, there's a lot of anxious feelings as you come into harvest. It's very exciting to see those first few loads come off the fields, chat with guys, and actually get to hear how their crop is done. I mean, that's basically their baby. So it's exciting to talk to guys and hear how it's going. Unfortunately, in South Dakota this year might not be quite as exciting given our growing conditions. It's probably not the answer you guys were looking for for this one. I think I can relate to Callie. So for me, I like to be able to say something is finished. So I'm always anxious to get to the end. And sometimes that prevents me from enjoying the journey. I know all the cliches. I know all the things I would tell somebody if they were missing the journey. But I'd want to get to the end, too. So I completely get that. I know one thing that I've always thought was kind of cool is, is how families start to get together in the field. And maybe there's some lunches or dinners that are done in the field. And that's a feel-good thing. So I don't know if any of that relates to you. But I can relate to the joy of being finished. Definitely on my day off, I should say, I <laughs> try to take meals out to our guys who are out there working and stuff like that, getting to ride with my husband in the grain cart or combine and actually bringing our little girl along has been a lot of fun. So those are experiences that I never got growing up. So I'm glad she gets to have those. So you talked a little bit about how South Dakota is going to be a little bit different this year. Are there any tips or tricks that you use to stay positive, especially during this hectic time. And sometimes, like you said, working and trying to help with harvest, it can get a little bit stressful and it can feel maybe like there's a lot happening at once that you can't control. So is there anything that you do that's a surefire way to just stay positive and keep moving? I just try to take it one day at a time and keep in the back of my mind that harvest is really only a few weeks out of the year. There's certainly going to be difficult days, but we can't drag yesterday's problems and frustrations into today. I've definitely experienced harvest fatigue even more so now since becoming a mom and working and being a farm wife. It's just a nutty time of year, but you just have to remember to find good in each day, taking a moment to appreciate something. My favorite thing about harvest is the sunsets because let's be honest, that's the best time of year for sunsets in South Dakota. South Dakota certainly puts on a show with that. So just got to remember to take a moment and breathe and remember what's good. I love that, Callie. And we see so many of the sunset pictures, whether it be on social media or someone's Facebook or Twitter. And it's something that everyone can share. And you can just look back and kind of breathe to your point, just relax. You know, everyone made it. It was a safe day and we all came home to each other. So I think celebrating those are wins for sure. So we talked about the highs and the third H is the hiccups or the hurdles. But 
You kind of mentioned it. Crops are pretty dry out your way. I know here in central Illinois, we've been wet with rain and you're quite the opposite. I don't think we need to jump into the hiccups because I I loved how you gave some positive feedback for the highs and how to take it day by day. But maybe I'll jump here into the fourth. So our fourth H are the ha-has. We've said it before, farming is stressful, right? But can you share maybe some funny stories? I know sometimes in the moment, maybe it's not funny, but you look back and you go, okay, that was really funny and we need to make light of this situation. Do you have anything about that? And honestly, it doesn't even have to be your own. We've certainly seen a few of those moments here at the elevator. At the time, there were definitely hiccups for those poor producers, but from inside watching out, it was pretty funny. One harvest, I was working in our scale room and there was a truck that was rounding the corner to head to the outbound scale and the truck rounded the corner, but a set of his tires kept going straight and rolled on off into the ditch. I was like, uh-oh, that's not supposed to be happening. Another year, we had a custom combiner or harvester show up, untarped his load in front of our probe, and lo and behold, there was no grain in that trailer. Oh, no. Grab the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I was like, oh, you know, not so great. It was Definitely not good for them, but looking back, it's pretty funny from inside. I have one I need to share. So we used to have an older gentleman that came in. This was a little while ago, so bear with me. A lot of people hauled in with tractors and gravity box wagons, and that's what this producer did. And there was a lot of intersections that didn't have railroad signals back then. Some did, some didn't. But anyway, it could have been the opposite of funny. This gentleman comes in and he crosses the tracks by the elevator and the train barely missed him. And it would have been super, super scary. And so everybody had kind of seen it, knew what had happened. And we were kind of like, oh my, I wonder what, how he's going to react to this. And so he comes in and he said to everybody, he goes, you know what? I knew that train had already gone by. I looked down and I saw its tracks. <laughs> everybody thought that was pretty funny. So that was a great way to turn an almost tragedy into uh, something that was pretty funny. I think he did a marvelous job of putting it behind him. Pretty sure he looked both ways from then on. Number one rule. For what it's worth, the same guy used to come in and enjoy this immensely. You have to get their splits. And he would always say uh, it was a 60-40 with a 50-50 on the 60. And for a young, naive grain person, they didn't know him very well. I wasn't sure if he was joking or if he was serious, but I've never forgotten that split. 60-40 with a 50-50 on the 60. So there's another one. If it's a keeper, you can use it. I'm not following. 60-40. 60-40 split. And then of the 60, there was a 50-50 split on the 60% portion. Oh, and he was, that's for real? Yeah, it was real. Okay. A bunch of brothers and sisters inherited some land, and so that's how they got to it. You know, they all owned it together. So there were two siblings that got the 60% share, but they had to split it between the two of them. Huh. So it's just an ornery way of saying 30, 30, 40. Oh, it was totally ornery. This guy was, <laughs> this guy, oh yeah, it's totally right. It, so sorry, I probably should have said that. But yeah, that's all it was, is 30, 30, 40. But he absolutely would never say it that way. It's a 60, 40 with a 50, 50 on the 60. And he got a big kick out of saying it. So it got to be funny for everybody. 
Well, thank you so much for your time, Callie. We really had a great time chatting with you. And thank you, Doug, for being such a good sport with our horrible riddles. There's just one more because why not wrap it up with another terrible joke? Why shouldn't you keep any secrets on the farm? I'm going to say because the farm has ears everywhere. Close. That was good. That was really good. It was close. But because on a farm, potatoes have eyes and corn has ears. Oh. You were on the right track, though. That's good. I can live with that. I'm not ashamed of my response like I was some of the others. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Callie, for being our guest. Thank you, Emily and Shelby, for putting this together. I wish you all a safe and happy harvest. For more information about any of our current programs, if you need some grain marketing support or guidance, as Callie mentioned earlier, anything insurance related, any other useful content, or if you just want to reach out to a local rep, please go to admadvantage.com and you'll have everything there you need at your fingertips. We so greatly appreciate you listening. And as Doug said earlier, we wish you a great and successful harvest. Stay safe out there. This has been In the Driver's Seat, brought to you by ABM. To learn more about managing financial risk in your grain operation, talk to your local ABM representative or go to admadvantage.com.